Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your hosts, Chris Jennings and Dr. Mike Brazier. Tony Vandemore, owner, operator, guide at Habitat Flats. How's the teal season going for you? Man, I'll tell you what, this this teal season has been tough for us. Um, We've been licking our chops because everything looks incredible. Yeah. And it, it couldn't look any better. But on the flip side, there's still tens, if not hundreds of thousands of acres of of water in that Missouri River Basin from from us to South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, there's still highways that just got opened up here the last couple of weeks. Um, so they're, they're really scattered out, and there's good habitat everywhere. I mean, everything you drive past is just prime-time teal habitat. Yeah. So they've been pretty they've been pretty scattered out. I mean, talking to some of our guys, uh, like Ben Fillion, one of our guides from South Dakota, I mean, every pothole up there is still covered in blue wings, but it's 93 degrees yeah. down here, and it's 85 up there. I think they're really they're really delayed. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that kind of all the way up and down the flyway. So it is interesting. You normally think of blue wings, blue wings, you normally think they're going to, and they do, they, they'll migrate, they'll, they'll start their migration regardless of the temperature. But this kind of year really does uh, make you think about how that species as well can be influenced by temperature. And, and as you mentioned, Tony, also Im- influenced by the amount of habitat on the landscape up there in those areas. All of it, those decisions a lot of times are, uh, re- reflect this balance between, you know, how, how do I need to, what do I need and relative to the conditions that I'm experiencing right now? And so, yeah, they may be maybe just hanging out a little bit, uh, a little bit longer than they normally do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I mean we're still going to see blue wing teal the first week of August. Here in Missouri, that's about when I see the first one come through. I mean, I'll see one or two here and there. And then, you know, you're going to see some more, you know, throughout August, you're going to be seeing teal. And, and those teal that we see then, I don't care what chance they're a food source, you're not going to hold them. They're going to be in Mexico by the time we even open up. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like when I was you know, younger, and, and it could just be time warping my memory or whatever, but, you know, opening day, you can count on teal season was going to be incredible. And that first, first week it was always good but the last few years honestly our second week has been way better than our first week yeah that's interesting the duck the, the ones that come a little bit later and the ducks you hold the bluing you know that those are the teal that that hold and they stay mm-hmm. and they'll stick on food sources and whatnot and the ones that come earlier they're just burning for the coast yep and it seems like they've, they've come a little bit later each year you know you're opening that new lodge the grand uh, tell us a little bit about it. Kind of tell some of our listeners about about why you decided to open up this new new awesome lodge. It looks like. Yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty neat pretty neat area for us. I mean, we've hunted down that way a long time. It's only thirty five minutes south of our our home lodge, but um, there were some farms that had, that had come for sale, and uh, right next to the refuge, and we were able to purchase those, and uh, the bluff right next to it where we could cut the lodge in, and certainly has not been a very good year to, to do all that from a, a dirt work perspective yeah. with the floods and the rain and all that. It's, it's been a humongous struggle, but um, overall, it, it's going to be a, a very, very cool area. Right on the Missouri River, which, I mean, anymore, there's, there's just so many ducks that, that went around the river um, that it's just, uh, 
it's pretty pretty wild. Um, we just don't get the the winters we're used to, and the river never freezes solid. So there's a a lot of ducks that, that winter there and, and never get any further south than that. Just like there's you know three, four, five hundred thousand ducks that that stay in South Dakota regardless of the temperature yeah. and never never make it to us. Yep. I think sometimes we don't give those birds enough credit for being smart enough to figure out what allows them to survive through a through a winter. You know, you think we, we think we're one of our flaws as people is to assume that these birds are supposed to do the same thing year after year after year, and that's just they absolutely do not. Yeah. They respond to a very yeah, dynamic that, system, exactly right. and that that system changes from year to year, and it also changes uh, over over long time periods. And what you've just just described there is a reflection of that, just another reflection of that. So it's a pretty neat deal. Few. Yeah. I mean, there's farming practices and all that, but I mean, biggest thing, biggest change I've seen growing up, everybody had snowmobiles. I mean, we had yeah. lots and lots and lots of snow. Um, you could count on our area a lot of years, especially December, was our freeze out, and then you were you were done. And I mean, heck, last year it was 75 degrees there when when we ended up. I mean, we we just don't get the winters. We might still get a snow. But we don't give those birds enough credit. I mean, if you actually sit there and watch them, we can get a six or seven, eight-inch snow like we had the 8th of November last year, and they'll sit there on the ice or they'll sit there in the refuge and, and huddle up together. But they know two days later it's going to be 60 degrees and, and no more snow. I mean, you can they, they know when they can sit through it. Yeah, and, and you know, like I say, we don't give enough credit for just being – Smart enough and, and be, right. being tough enough. You know, it's just like those uh, plants that you were talking about earlier, the ones uh, that have uh, persisted and been able to survive through all that, you know. Uh, and, and now they're those, those are the ones that we've uh, that we're left with on the landscape. And, you know, in a lot of respects, that's the same thing that kind of happens with waterfowl. There's a lot of debate with habitats and all that, but I mean, you can play devil's advocate and, and take it the opposite direction and probably even further left. <laughs> But, I mean, are, are they getting smart enough to know that the further north they stay, seasons are closing and they're not getting pressured? I mean, I, I don't know. I just know there's a lot more ducks that are wintering further north than they used to. Be the first to know when ducks are on the move. Sign up for DU's waterfowl migration email alerts and receive ongoing in-depth updates on the latest habitat conditions, weather changes, and hunting reports for your flyway. Visit ducks.org slash migration alerts. Let's, uh, I'll apologize up front, but let's, I just want to ask you some questions and, and kind of get you to relive that nightmare that was the light goose conservation <laughs> order 2019. You're I know right. I, I lived through it. I survived it. <laughs> I survived my nightmare, um, but I know you guys started out in Arkansas, um, and I, I where I hunt is, is not too far from where you got some of your guys were bumming around over there, and and it was it was tough, and uh, it didn't really matter what you threw at them. They uh, th- they were smarter. They were uh, they were very good at being able to pick out hunters, and you know the reality was it was all adult, adult birds. But you know what were you seeing all the way up the flyway from Arkansas all the way back up into your place? Well, I mean we we knew with with the production it was going to be a tough year, but mm-hmm. but bottom line is I mean, they still have feet. So going into it, we figured that if we got the right conditions, um, you know there was still going to be good hunts to be had. Yep. And we got down to Arkansas and first two mornings, I think it was, yeah, the first two mornings, you know, no wind, cloudy, uh, not great conditions. Had a couple of big spins that got in there, but they had specks in there with them. And if we hear or see a speck, 
there's no shot called. That's just just our rule. We're not going to make not going to take a chance on it. So opening day, opening day, I don't think we pulled the trigger. We had like three bunches in there that were big bunches right in our face, but they had specs in them. So we were a little disappointed, but a little bit encouraged that yeah, you know, we got them, you know, got them to work. They're adults, whatever. It's not going to be that bad. Um, the third day, we caught sun and wind and cold and killed 150 of them in like the first hour. We're like, all right, yeah, this this, this season's not going to be too bad as long as we get the right conditions. And then, if you remember, it started raining and it never yeah. quit. Yeah. I mean, that 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 kind of sums up 2000, spring of 2019 snow season for me was rain, clouds, no wind, mud, just terrible, terrible conditions. I mean, half of Arkansas flooded. Oh, yeah. Uh, instead of getting geese. Instead of getting geese coming a mile or two, stringing out off the roost, they're roosting in the same field they're feeding in. They're hopping yeah. about 100 yards away to eat. I mean, a lot of birds you couldn't even get to because of the flood water. And, I mean, we got back up here in Missouri. It was no different up here. I mean, we had a boatload, boatload of geese staged here last year and uh, just terrible conditions to try to kill them. I mean, not like sunshine and wind and it seemed like every day last year was raining or cloudy or calm. It was just a rough, rough spring. Yeah, yeah. I think out of the 10 or 12 hunts that I did last year, um, we had maybe two decent days. And I say decent only because in comparison to 2018, it was unbelievable. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, it was just conditions. It was it was literally um, a nightmare. I mean, we, we really struggled. And, and, and really when it rains, we don't. If it's raining or anything, we're not even hunting. I mean, it's not worth it to get out there. For us, I mean. I'd have to look at my journal, but I bet in 45, 50 days or whatever, 100, I bet we didn't see the sunshine, seven or eight of them. Wow. Yeah, that makes it tough. I mean, those birds are smart enough as it is. Um, Especially when you have as many adults in that in that population as you did last year, right? Yeah. We don't have all the information right now yeah. for the full goose numbers, but it looks like, uh, you know, you can go ahead and kind of explain what you've been hearing on as far as goose numbers. I'm sure Tony would be interested in hearing about that. Yeah, well, we're going to try to have, we're going to try to have uh, at least one, maybe a couple of people on a little bit later to talk about uh, what we're seeing on, on, say, goose recruitment, light goose uh, and, and white front goose recruitment here. Uh, oh, I don't know, in the next three, four weeks or so, maybe even a little bit longer than that. We'll, but we'll see. We'll try to get them on. And what I've heard thus far is that production up in the Arctic in some locations was pretty poor. Uh, in some locations, that production uh, they had a decent hatch, but then a lot of those goslings, um, a lot of those goslings just did not, uh, didn't make it. And then in some of the colonies, a little bit farther east, the hatch was about average, but uh, it seemed to be a little bit late. If I remember this correctly, it seemed to be a little bit late. And and the, the true test was going to be how, how the, the weather conditions materialized between that point and when those birds, those goslings took flight. So they still had to make it through that, you know, because the, the time window within which they have to breed up there and get on the wing is so compressed anyway, just a little fluctuation in the timing of, of bad weather can, can really, really hurt things. And so we want to get somebody on to talk a little bit more in depth about that, what they're seeing and what uh, what are the different explanations for the, the poor production in recent years? And some of it's just going to be driven. A lot of it will be just be driven by the weather. I think mm-hmm. some of that happened this year. But then it might also be some sort of habitat uh, 
issues going up there, going on up there in some locations. So we want to explore that in a little bit more detail. But I think the bottom line from what we heard is that uh, the general expectation should be for another year of uh, sort of fairly high percentage of adult birds. Mm. Uh, then a lot of a lot of that though is going to depend on what happens in some of those other. Uh, some of those other colonies that might not be monitored as closely. So uh, we'll have more information here, I think, in the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, don't get too excited, I think, uh, in terms of expecting a whole lot of juveniles in the population. Well, see, I took that just the opposite. When oh. You said, you know, there's a chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. All right. So. That, that's right. <laughs> yeah. well, that's right. You know, it could be – it would be very difficult to, to do a lot worse than last year, right? Yeah. So, Absolutely. And that's one way. Well, hey, Tony, we'd like to have you on as a regular guest as the season progresses. And uh, uh, we, we just really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Hey, that sounds good. I'm going to talk about that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the ducks.